You're tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network, featuring news, interviews, and commentary on all things Black Hollywood. Hollywood redefined. From Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. Featuring a weekly roundup of tech news and gossip. Black Hollywood Live, Hollywood redefined. You're listening to Black Hollywood Live. And now, the host for Black Hollywood Live, Geek Nerd Tech. <laughs> welcome, welcome to Geek Nerd Tech, the show we break down nerd culture and tech news from a brown and black geek perspective. Bam, you knocked it out the park. What? <laughs> Only took me six to eight weeks. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell. I'm joined, as always, by my man Achilles Shine. In the building, man. How you What's, doing? I'm doing good, man. How was your week? Uh, it was good. It was it was good. A lot, a lot, a lot of news. A lot of tech news. Absolutely. We're packed. We have no guests today, but we do have a lot of stuff to discuss. Um, it seems like it's weird because the year is winding down, but... In the tech world, it's like news is launching. It's like yeah. this is the end of the fourth quarter. Yeah, but people are launching a bunch of stuff and trying things out. It just it just makes me think about uh, the evolution of sort of the way the tech cycle doesn't necessarily follow with the, the normal stream, normal that's true, you know, uh, corporate cycles. Uh, and, and one of the main things we want to start with, well, we're going to do some quick news hits, and then we'll talk about some things that 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 uh, we'll have some fun with some things that broke the internet this week, some things that just happened this week that just you know, melted down Twitter and, and, and everything else. Uh, and then we'll do our normal welcome to the future. We don't have Steve Levine to do a live drop, but we'll do, we'll do that. And then we'll, uh, we'll, we'll talk, we'll have a little discussion about, um, what's going on with Uber and Airbnb, um, in terms of just, um, people being really mad about that and wanting to, wanting the government to step in and, and do something about those companies. But first, let's talk about, uh, some new stuff that happened, some new shit. Oh yeah. Uh, Instagram. Instagram Direct launched yes. on Thursday, uh, yesterday. Yes. Wow. That's yeah. Okay. Yes. So Instagram, Direct, Instagram Direct launched on Thursday, and um, it took me like a minute. I'm like Instagram Direct. Okay. And I was like, oh, okay. And then I was like, oh. I, so another, I had levels of like, oh, this could be cool. Um, do you want to talk? Do you want to say what Instagram Direct is? I mean, in the most simplistic explanation, it's just a photo messaging service. So. Yeah. If you want to send um, the homie a private photo or video, that's it, it provides that service for you. Right. And if you want to have a discussion about that photo or that piece of content privately, you want to say things that may not be appropriate publicly or that are more sensitive to your, you know, your relationship, then you can't. Right. And so I think it, it you know, it's it, it customized the the way we communicate in the sense that we don't have to be as worried about you know people spying on our stuff because you have right. a lot of people that our stalkers on Instagram sure. and just, you know, don't follow you, but we'll definitely see every photo and video video you post and may not ever make a comment. They're called ghost followers. Right. And so, I Ghosts. mean, this allows you to, you know, have more of an intimate uh, connection to this social media service. Right. And I think that the first, so the first thought I had was like, oh, was that, oh, so now, I mean, my, my Instagram game is, is broke. My Instagram game is really not good at all. I got like two pictures. I got one like a me and Bob Newhart, and then one me like, Covering Lamar Odom outside of a courthouse for extra. But I thought you had a whole collection of selfies. <laughs> I did have a selfie collection. I haven't made the Instagram yet. So I really got to step my Instagram. But I think my main issue with that is I'm still, you know, uh, I feel like I'm a tech savvy guy, but I'm also a private guy. So the whole sharing thing 
picture-wise, Twitter's one thing, but picture-wise is something I'm trying to get used to. And why I love this is because it allows me to just check this out, Akili, check out his burger, check this out, da da da. I love the idea of that. But so I thought that was cool for me, and now that that's a cool tool. But then the, the, my other aha moment with this was like, oh, this officially ends Facebook's pursuit of Snapchat. Yeah. You know, sna- you know, Facebook. It's the answer to Snapchat. It's the answer to yeah. Snapchat. It was like their move because they they were trying to develop something early on. They tried to buy Snapchat. Famously, we talked about that. Uh, and then the, those stupid kids turned it down for three billion dollars. I still don't know what they're thinking. And then so and so, what does Facebook do? We already own Instagram. Let's develop something with an established brand that can compete with Snapchat and also do more. Yeah. So I thought that was a brilliant move. Absolutely. Because I don't know, you know, I mean, it, it get, you know, Snapchat is for millennials and for, it, it's being used by a lot of different kids. But, like, Instagram is sorry so mainstream and ingrained in our, in, our, in our culture that, you know, who knows? I think it's cool, too, because, like, in this sense, if, if there's, like, a, a party that I'm promoting and I only want, you know, special people to go, mm-hmm. typically with Instagram, I would post a flyer on Instagram and everyone would see it. Right. But now I can send it directly to my friends and keep, you know, keep the riffraff from coming through to the party. Absolutely. That's kind of cool. Absolutely. I think that, um, and the last thing, which is cool about this, I mean, well, you know, for, for, uh, for Instagram is that it's, my last aha was like, it's really a, it also answers their their dilemma on trying to figure out how what to do about brands. This yeah. is going to be a, a huge tool for brands and marketing. I mean, these fifteen second videos will be a huge, you know, it, it'll just help them uh, figure out ways, and they're already thinking about ways to uh, help sell shit yeah. to you. I mean, as a marketer myself, how I um, utilize Instagram for some of my clients with the fifteen second video spots is like really developing like episodic content on Instagram, right? And um. Definitely, you know, picking back on what you said in terms of brands doing that, like, especially that, there's going to be a, a proliferation of that. Brands are going to be doing that immensely. Cool. And, um, I mean, I think Instagram, out of all the social media properties, um, I think Instagram's my favorite. Well, it's my favorite too, and, and it's my favorite, it, I don't use it, but it's my favorite ideally. Con- because conceptually. Conceptually yeah. is my favorite. And I think what's interesting about it is we'll talk about later on the, the death of Facebook. We'll talk about it later in the show, but, uh, you know, for all this talk of, you know, Facebook is all Facebook, it's all about Instagram. Well, guess what? Facebook owns Instagram. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I, it's not that, not, Facebook's not going anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So moving on, let's, but the other thing that happened this week is, uh, Twitter. Every week we have something about Twitter. Twitter happens every week. You know, they're, 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 they're going public. They're doing this. This week they're in the news because they were named the best place to work, mm-hmm. uh, which is, is great. And this is a, this is a title that usually for years and years, it always go to Google every year, like Google, the Google campus. Yeah. It's like Google, Google, Google. And then last, and then, um, I think last year it went, to it was uh, Facebook, it was Facebook was for it three Facebook? years. Yeah, Facebook yeah. the last three years, yeah. right? And then LinkedIn's always been kind of number two. Yeah, but now Google, uh, that's the campus over there. I think it's on Fifth and Howard, right in San Francisco. Um, is, is the number one place to work? Which I mean, Twitter. I mean, sorry, Twitter. Yeah. That's a Twitter campus. Uh, which which doesn't surprise me. I mean, I don't know. I, it's funny because these these tech companies. Or, or where it's at in terms of, you know, uh, they, they really have it in terms of people say that, you know, we, I work in, we work in the Hollywood system and the studio system and, and, you know, and TV shows and production offices. Production offices a lot of times aren't that glamorous. Sometimes they are, sometimes they aren't. Absolutely. But, you know, what they do in these, in these, uh, Silicon Valley companies are always this mix between the coolest production company yeah. and the coolest software company. And you've got, you know, you know, it's, it's got, a lot, of, a lot of breaking the rules, like in what you would think in a traditional, how a traditional sure. company would operate. Like right. a lot of these tech companies have, you know, are very uh, loose in terms of the culture that they create for the, for their employees. And they're yeah. able to do things and have access to things that you wouldn't find in a traditional company or firm. Right. But, uh, I mean, you know, just, you know, Kind of speaking to what you just said, like in terms of uh, Glassdoor's annual list, fifty of the of the 
top best companies work for, 22 of those companies are tech companies. Yeah. So that, that says a lot in terms of the culture, but the general culture that's being created at these companies. And it doesn't really surprise me that Twitter's number one. I mean, they had a huge year in terms of their IPO and just what they've been doing, innovating with their products and services and just the growth of the company. So it, it, it makes sense that they're doing something right over there. Well, and, that, and it does, but that, that also speaks to sort of what the values are because back in, you know, early, a few years ago, when everyone was, you know, talking about Google's best place to work, it was all about they got a, a pizza bar and they've got a massage therapy and exactly. they got a video game room and all this other stuff. But now it's not so much about the perks. It's more, I mean, not those physical perks. It's more about things like, hey, they have this IP IPO and they let us all share in it, and we—they're taking care of us. Their healthcare is yeah. the best. They're—they're—they're they're, they're, they're like options. It's are like the a best. family environment. Exactly, yeah. and that's what that, that, that it seems like. The like, like how the priorities have changed, yeah. as opposed to like they've got the best, you know, video game room. But I, I, I mean, I, I think you know. Like I'm an entrepreneur. I don't really do the nine to five thing. But if right. I if I were to do it, I would want that type of environment. I would want that type of structure where I felt like I was a part of what yeah. I'm, you know, dedicating eight plus hours a day to. Right. And so I, I think you know the authentic authenticity of a, of a company, you know that that speaks to why you would want to work for a company because right. you, you feel like you're a part of something that's bigger than yourself. Right. So. Well, that, so so g- congratulations, Twitter. Um, mm-hmm. We don't work there, but it, it looks like a lovely spot. Uh, so moving on. So Imager is, is is in the news. I mean, do you? Okay, so I don't a lot of people don't know what Imager is. Yeah. Like, do you, do you, do you, do you use it? Do you know I don't it use is? it. I know what it is. I, right. I've, I've been on the site. I've seen it on the mobile devices. But I mean, I'm good. I'm Instagram. Can you can you explain? Team that? Instagram. I, I, always, I always do this to you. <laughs> can you explain to the people what Imager is? I mean, Imager <laughs> Imager essentially is a. Uh, a photo hosting site right. and you're able to you know put all different types of formats of photos up on the site mm-hmm. it could be a tiff it could be a jpeg it could, it could be a a gif yep um and so you're able to gif tiff <laughs> I know, right <laughs> yeah so you're, you're essentially able to you know host your photos there um and and they stay there for free um as long as you um Press them or or right. interface with them within six months. So what happens? Why, why this is so? This is why this is in the news is because uh, it, you know Yahoo is making a play to buy Im- Imager, which is a company that sort of just kind of went from from nowhere to everywhere yeah. in a very short in like, time, in like six months, in like six months. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, you know, and and and, and, and people. It's funny because people are like Imager, Imager. It's Imager. Yeah, they fuck it up. You know, but but what's interesting about it is you know it's but what the prolifer- it just speaks to the proliferation of the internet and all this other stuff because you have like Dig and Reddit and of course Twitter uh, are like. Everything we do, talk about shareability and, and, and all these things, especially for on Reddit and, and Dig, is all about funny, funny photos, sharing yeah. funny photos, uh, you know, memes, meme creators, all this stuff. That's all Imager is all about that. So Yahoo, um, is all about it. So yeah. we'll see what happens there, but it's just interesting. It's just one of these sort of, um, it, it's one of these, uh, uh, um, you know, internet success stories as, you know, they were around, they, you know, they're, they're, I think they launched in like 2010 or nine or something like that, but they really just had an explosion here in the last year. And so, uh, you know, you create something, someone will buy it. True that. That's, that's the, that's the story. <laughs> I think, I think, I mean, I think the cool thing about Imager is that you don't have to compress the photos. So at, from, you know, from, from a photo, from a photographer's perspective, like that's cool because you want your, your, your your art and your creativity to be displayed in the highest light. Mm-hmm. And so with a lot of these, you know, social media companies like Facebook, Instagram, like it compresses the shit out of the photos. Right. And so with Imager, you get you get all the details, you get right. all the colors, you get all of that. 
You know what I mean? That's cool. It's interesting too, like just, I just, again, all these so many ways, I mean, like to share photos. I mean, it seems like the, the internet is becoming, well, has become, um, you know, from an information, sharing information and words and text to evolved into now sharing photos, right? Like and sharing photos, whether it's Instagram or, uh, you know, uh, Flickr or any of these other services. And then now, and then Facebook is basically that was, really a photo-based, photo-sharing service. And then now we're moving into the world of Vine and Instagram where they're sharing video. So it'll, it's just, it's just interesting the way this whole thing is happening and the way we're sharing information. Absolutely. But, and, I mean, and what it's worth because we're talking about Imager may go for one point something billion dollars. So yeah. good for them. I mean, uh, they, they almost have as many uh, users as, as, as Instagram. Yeah. So it's yeah. crazy. Uh, and so moving on, so we have a, speaking of being bought and, and, and things that are making money, uh, this is my man Shane from Vice, mm-hmm. uh, Vice Media, which I think was evaluated at like $3.9 billion. You know, Vice was started a few years back as a zine, yeah. just a, just a zine. In the, in the mid nineties. In the mid nineties is yeah. a zine. I remember it. I remember around San Francisco and here in New York and, mm-hmm. And uh, obviously, you know, we're not going to go into the whole story of Vice, but it's grown into a basically a uh, a multimedia behemoth. Yeah, uh, the site is a beast. They do multi- they do all kinds of video content. Transmedia. Um, yeah. it's, it's a transmedia uh, beast. And what mm-hmm. they've done is, and they've stepped back into the broadcast world or technically the cable world with a party partner with Bill Maher and did the Vice TV show, which mm-hmm. is a good sort of very interesting news magazine for. For our generation, mm-hmm. our generation, sixty minutes, if you will. Uh, so, but that's not enough for this guy, <laughs> Shane. Um, Smart. You know, but what, so what they've done now is they've purchased a company called Carrot Media, Carrot Creative. Yeah. And not a very well-known company. No one really knows it, but but they what. I mean, I mean, in terms of the mainstream folks. Obviously. I mean, but most mainstream folks don't know ad agencies that's or creative true. agencies anyway. Yeah, so. That's true. Fair enough. But why this is news is because they bought this because they are trying to figure out how to get their content to everyone. And what Carrot, Carrot Creative has done is they're able to – they're really experts at getting – uh, at owning these small screens and second screens and third screens. So they've got, they've got done a great, really cool campaigns. They have great, um, software for iPhones and iPads and your computer and getting this in, in apps, essentially making these cool apps that yeah. you can go out and, 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 uh, and distribute this content. And Vice has a shitload of content that they're trying to get to the world. So, you know, it, it's a weird sort of backdoor way into getting in everyone's home because if you get on everyone's, uh, smartphone or everyone's iPad, you know, uh, and 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 you have this brand, then you're everywhere. I mean, I, I think I think it's a, just the convergence of you know tech company and an ad agency, and like I mean, when I when I read the story, it made me think of a, a creative agency that I used to work for called Amusement Park, mm-hmm. and uh, the guy there, his name, the owner there, is, his name is Jimmy Smith, and he was trying to. Uh, essentially create a sports agency that was also a creative agency at the same time. Right. And so I think, I mean, I think this is very similar to that. Like you, you have a, you have a convergence. a convergence of, you know, all your editorial content, you know, your broadcast, your television, and then your, your mobile. And now you have a creative agency that's going to do that for you right. in house. I think that's really innovative. Right. Very smart. It's very smart. So, I mean, I mean, props to him. I don't know what's next. I mean, I, I, I fear this man. I mean, I, I love him, but he, he's, he's like, like Bezos. We're talking about buying the post office and buying and revenue revolutionized the way we deliver package he's revolutionized the way we sort of get consume consume media. and media and the type of media we consume yeah. so we'll see we'll, we'll we'll stay on the lookout for vice media who's doing it all um so now just the last thing is well, you know this comes up every i don't know every three four months the death of facebook this is an article we saw and i saw it, and i kind of laughed but uh it, you know people are really you know 
can't wait to sort of pounce on the demise of, of Facebook. And, and frankly, the numbers, the numbers, you know, are, 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 are down. I mean, they're, they're, you know, Facebook is not what it used to be. And every, all this, all the new things they seem to be trying, uh, you know, from a, uh, Aren't necessarily having the boom that 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 they need that it needs to be. It seems to be lo- losing you know some market share and some users. I mean, not losing users, but using like down forty percent here and thirty percent in the end of the categories. But um, the main thing is just a cultural shift. Um, it's a cultural shift uh, because people talk about you know Facebook being the the choice of young millennials and young generation Y at the time when it dropped, but now it's not the choice of millennials. Like, you know, my you know like my grandmother's on Facebook, my mom's on Facebook, of course. you know, and that's that's who's using it. Um, but more importantly, they talk about like Facebook brand pages suffer a forty four percent decline. Yeah. Uh, you know. Uh, you know, Facebook admits you finally do have to pay for your ads. It really becomes about them trying to figure out a way to monetize and continue to monetize Facebook, and 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 it seems like people are rejecting it. Yeah, I mean, because you have you have two schools of thought. You have the people that you know hop on Facebook just to post pictures and interface with their friends, and you know, kind of like a more interpersonal connection. Right. And then you have the brands that want to be able to communicate to those people. And most people on Facebook don't want to be communicated that way. They don't want. They don't care about right. you know what the next product is or an ad. They. they they're, they're deaf, dumb, and blind to that. They yep. close up to that. So I feel, I mean, in that, in that sense, it's it's a it's it's not a good strategy for Facebook to be so direct in, in terms of how they you know promote you know their ads towards people. Um, but in, in the sense that a company should be more innovative in how they communicate you know their initiatives or their products, they need to be more personal and more uh, more more open to like the conversation with you know the people that support them versus being so direct and so like you know trying to shove it down people's throats right so i think that's the problem like people are more sophisticated now and more intelligent to they can see past it like okay that's adam good next yeah. yeah and and so i it's it's really interesting i think it's 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 i i wonder about it's it's a, it's the the thought for me is like you know culturally facebook has to continue to reinvent itself but it's by by does it's by the world that it lives in in a space that it's you know, it's yesterday's news. I mean, it's yeah. the internet. So it only is as fresh as its next thing. And as revolutionizing as Facebook was to the, our entire way of life, uh, to a certain degree, sometimes in history, you, that's your job to do. Sometimes you, you, you create electricity mm-hmm. and then it's everyone else's job to figure out how to use that. Right, right. You create the light bulb. It's everyone's figure out what you know. Sometimes it's your job to maybe revolutionize it. And I don't know. I feel like Facebook time, it may have to really, really reinvent itself. But one way of doing that is purchasing companies like Instagram and purchasing other companies and sort of like still being relevant. I mean, I think when you grow to a certain height, like it's inevitable for you to start to have weaknesses and, and for like, for like smaller units to be, you know, more, more competitive. And that, and we talked about, uh, like what's the best place to work. That was one of the criticisms of why Facebook moved from number one to number three is because they're so large now. So that, yeah. that culture that they created when they first started yeah. has shifted. Cause early on, like Mark Zuckerberg would be in the corner coding with he on the floor hanging exactly. out. And now it's like, you know, it's like thousands of employees, yeah. like he's an Ivy tower somewhere. Exactly. Like Phil. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of things get lost. A lot of things, um, maybe don't get communicated in, in, in the way that it should. Right. Versus a smaller frac- a faction that can, you know, pinpoint exactly what they want to do and how they're going to be innovative. Right. Very true. Very true. Actually, Phil's always here with the people, by the way. Phil's, <laughs> Phil's in the mix. Uh, so, um, so that's that. So that's, that's Facebook. I want to, I want to talk about, we're going to move forward now in a very awkward segue, but I'm going to do it anyway to some stories that sort of effed up the internet. The internet was, was 
blew up in a lot of different ways. And it happens every, it happens once, once a week. So we'll, we'll cover this once a week. There's that one or two things that happen that like the internet goes nuts over. Um, and one of them happened yesterday. Yeah. Uh, at what midnight? Was it midnight yesterday? Um, it was well, maybe East Coast. But it I feels mean, like today is midnight the on the East Coast. Yeah. yeah. East oh, okay. Coast, yeah. So, uh, Beyonce dropped an album. Like out of the blue, just not even uh, almost Jay Z style. Jay Z kind of did it this way. There's no, you know, back in the old days, it was your record company spent a shitload of money in advanced production coming December thirteenth. You have a you single know, release, a single. You work the single for a few few weeks, maybe months, right? And then you drop the album. You have the video first, and then you drop the album, right? Yeah, so. But what? So, but what Beyonce did was like sneak attack. Like, oh hey fans, here it is. My album's out, which is. It's, it's 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 a very very amazing story. It's a you know it's, it's a marketing story. It's a it's a uh, it's a music industry story. It's a pop culture story. But it also is very much a tech story yeah. because of a the way she released the album uh, exclusively and kind of the way the way the album's available. And b uh, she's done something revolutionary and she's calling this a visual yeah. album as well. I think I think it's dope on on multiple levels. Like she shut down iTunes. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, but I mean it doesn't surprise me. Like. For her not to use the traditional, conventional ways of marketing an album, yep. like she has a built-in audience, she doesn't need that. Like she, she doesn't she, need to do that. And, and, and those, these are millions and millions of marketing dollars that are saved. And you know, exactly. and, and, and frankly, you know, this is a big talk of the TV world and my world as well. Is like you know, uh, a lot of times you can let the the internet exist, whether it's Twitter or sort of all these social media services exist to to sort of help you. Yeah. Your companies don't have to spend if you can that, do a very smart campaign. Uh, the Sound of Music Live thing was a perfect example of that. It, you know. Um, if you can do a very smart marketing campaign, people will start to talk about it. You know, people start to talk about it via Twitter and everything else. And the money you would spend in millions of dollars in marketing, yeah, the you, people will do your work for you. Well, not just that. You you take that marketing budget and you you put that into your your product budget. You know what right. I'm saying? And so that's what she did. That's why there's videos for each song. Yeah. Like, which makes the product way more valuable. Sure. Which makes people want to be more interested. Oh, I want to I want to hear it and see it. And now I want to share. There's more ways that they can share to interface with it. It's just it's just smart on multiple. Very levels. smart. So it's shareable. It's listenable it's all these things and it's delivered via itunes now jay-z did a very similar thing um he sort of just dropped his album but he but he did have an advanced run-up to that via samsung uh you know which was yeah mildly successful i think that i think the campaign was probably more successful than the album itself although i like the record but um uh but beyonce i'm really 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 excited about that i did i, I did cop the album i haven't bought it yet so i, mean, I haven't bought it. i haven't listened yet obviously because the shit just came out but i'm very excited uh, do, do you have it yet no i don't i have okay. it yeah. i mean uh, I, I saw all the all the twitter stuff and the facebook posts yeah i mean but i'm not i'm not the type of guy that's gonna run to get the beyonce album oh, <laughs> i mean i'm a fan Shots of fired at joe I'm braswell not, i'm a fan of beyonce i ain't like you <laughs> I don't have to run out and get Beyonce. I'm way cooler than that. I'm, I'm a Killy Shine. I'm a super fan of Beyonce, but I'm not like at 10 o'clock at night. Oh my God. Beyonce album. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Um, I'll catch okay. that. I'll catch that on, on the weekend. I'll tell you what, brother. I'll help you out. I'll play, I'll play some tracks for you after, after the show. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Thank you. I also have breaking news, guys. Uh oh, breaking news. Well, two things actually. One, I think. BHL is the best place to work for in the world. Yes, I One. agree. <laughs> uh, second, though, uh, although uh, Black Hollywood Live wasn't in the running for this because of uh, deadlines and timelines, you know how that works. So uh-huh. ne- this next year they'll be nominated. But this year, AfterBuzz TV has been nominated for three awards at the International Academy of Web Television what? for best uh, live 
uh, hosted series and uh, best host. That's awesome. Wow, that's fantastic. Congratulations cool. to After Buzz TV, our sister, our sister network, uh, which I do some couple shows on, and and, uh, and uh, we're very, very excited about that. That's breaking news. Yeah, that's, Phil. that's good. Well, BHL will be there next year for sure. I know that, and the show will rake in thousands of awards. <laughs> <laughs> so congratulations to um, to AfterBuzz and that, and Maria and Kevin and Phil and all of us who do so, such hard work on that on that on there. Um, all right, so so um, that didn't break the internet, but it's but but what also did break the internet is uh, uh, this Obama story. Um, Obama took this, to, you know, at, at uh, Nelson Mandela's um memorial took this picture of himself with uh the where is she uh, um i think it was the danish the prime danish minister prime ministers and people lost their mf minds for multiple i mean for multiple reasons obviously uh and then also the the the, the meme of the century of course is michelle's reaction which is always overblown i mean you know as as, as a black woman she's poor michelle gets like michelle like has a gets up in her eye and it's like oh there she goes she got an attitude the black woman with an attitude <laughs> looking look at her some of her eye but you know <laughs> like i mean like barbara bush was the meanest looking woman ever she never got so much shit as michelle obama for being a mean right, right. but but whatever so uh but uh people had a lot of fun with this meme of michelle obama being pissed but what do you make of this what, first of all what, what's what's your take on the whole just the whole phenomenon of Michelle Obama, the selfie, the blah, 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 the internet phenomenon. Of well, how it Michelle, I mean, the whole Michelle Obama spin to it is a fabrication. She, moments before Obama took the photo, she was doing similar things. She was interacting, having fun with people. So she said in the interview that, it just, that the, the photographer who took this photo just caught her, you know, in a, right. in a wrong, with a wrong stare. Sure. So as it relates Don't to Don't tell that, that to the internet. I know. The internet was already... already of course. <laughs> they wanted to try to polarize it and make, yeah. you know, make it make it into something. Sure. In terms of, like, Obama taking selfies at, you know, Mandela's memorial, like, I don't... I personally don't have a problem with it. Like, I mean, because he's the president, he can't have fun. He can't have a good time. Like, they're celebrating Mandela. It's not It's not a somber moment. There's people right. dancing and singing and... I mean, people are are celebrating yeah, him. Like, it's, celebrating it's, it's his life. Like, contextually, so, it's yeah. not like... And it wasn't like there's a, we'll bow our head in prayer exactly. for... Mandela, and he's like, yo, you know, and it I, needs some context, which you don't have, which the internet doesn't provide context ever. But I don't fine. expect, you know, the president of the United States to be so rigid that he can't, you know, let his hair down and have fun. Like, yeah. I mean, we live in a technological world. Like, hey, he doesn't, he doesn't have an iPhone, so yeah. I mean, it's like, man, he's like, yo, I get to take a selfie with the prime minister. <laughs> yeah, he's sure, sure, ain't doing it with that whack ass BlackBerry. <laughs> yeah. He's got, <laughs> you no, know, but and so, and, yeah, there's that. So there's that element of it, and I, frankly, you know. You have cameras on you at all times. Like, so he can't pick his nose, he can't sneeze, he can't blink. He's he human. can't do anything without someone goes, oh, Obama not enough. Yeah. You know, Obama blinked. So I, I get that. What about, I, I just do want to touch about, what about the whole sort of racial aspect that's been played up to? Like, you know, Michelle don't like him taking pictures of that white girl. Or why is he like, why is he sitting so close to her? You know what? <laughs> I mean, where's, I mean, you know, that's just that. polarizing statements, man. <laughs> it's, just, it's just to, it's just to create, you know, the conversations to, sure. Is to create, a, you know, a negative spin yeah. for, for the Obamas and, right. you, know, you know, his presidency and his, like his his legacy. Like it's just it's anything to distract people from, you know, what's really going on in the world. Exactly. Like, man, he's taking a photo. You do it every day. Like, why are you tripping? Like, I love I love these, you know, breaking the internet stories because it just it just it's really it speaks to our culture and how we just flip out 
you know, some something for, you know, sometimes it's 10 minutes, sometimes it's, you know, 10 days, but this was a, this was a big story. So, but other things that broke the internet, you know, without going into, uh, where all these summer trailers debuted because we're in, now we're in sort of Oscar time, you know, Christmas movie time. And traditionally when the Christmas movies hit, the summer trailers debut, this shit happens earlier and earlier and earlier and earlier. Uh, and we were at Comic-Con, both of us were at Comic-Con. We saw a lot of these, a lot of these debuts back in, back in July at Comic-Con, but we we actually seeing some real footage of stuff that are completed and there's some hot ones out there like Man, Spider-Man 2. I, I'm really excited about this John. I think it's going to be a killer. Me too. Yeah. I mean like I, I'm really really excited about the Spider-Man 2 trailer uh, because so so much happens in it. Please check it out. We're not going to show it here and talk about it here because we have time but like uh, I will talk about it I'm going to show it but it's really really great. Now the, one of the, the immediate criticism that you, we hear or people are concerned is, is it too many villains because we do see we see Electro obviously Jamie Foxx's Electro in a very cool Translucent, translucent dome, looking like crazy and, and good. We see Paul Giamatti as the rhino in this like gigantic sort of you know mech rhino, which looks crazy, which is not like the old comic book rhino with like doing a rhino suit, which yeah. looks ridiculous. And we also see the rebirth of looks like the goblins back, right? Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's, this is going to be probably one of the biggest ones for the franchise. I mean, for the Spider-Man franchise, right? It looks, it looks crazy. It looks crazy. I mean, yeah. the, the, what they're able to do effects wise yeah. and everything else wise, and I do love. I just, I'll hit it. I do love uh, Andrew Garfield as as Peter Parker. I like the younger sort of like wiry, right, right, you right. know, Peter Parker and uh, Andrew Garfield, a British guy again. All these um, British dudes, but he's an amazing actor. I love that kid. So I'm really excited about that. Uh, the yeah, next, let me, let me ask you guys this: yes. you know, uh, it's one thing for the trailers, but the people are also announcing like 2016 summer lineup of like when exactly certain movies are going to hit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Studios are picking dates already because it's that competitive. Yeah, it's just, I, I, that's that's. I mean, as as a consumer, I, it's sort of ridiculous for us because as a consumer. But what happens is, in the studio level, as we as we as, as you know, is that like you have to you have to get the. Um, there's only so much real estate available, of course. So these the, these release dates are super important, and yeah. as as studios spend more and more money on these big tent pole event movies, which is really. The, the balance has shifted to like they're making less and less like normal adult you know little movies and all big giant movies where you release your giant movies in the summer there's only so many days in the summer you can't release Spider-Man 2, 3 on the same day as uh, Avengers 3 so yeah so, so people are like it, it sucks now Phil but like yeah people are staking out their claim early yeah. like you got to think of the families that go to see these movies in the summer. They only have a certain amount of dollars to spend for their kids. And yeah. so you can't release them at the same time. So there's a lot of strategy that's involved in, yeah. in terms of how you release it. Because you want to maximize, you know, the ears and eyes and the dollars. So... I, th- I think that the, the, for the consumer, what it does do is it does keep us all excited. I mean, especially, the, you know, the whole Marvel campaign, uh, phase two, phase three, phase four, the Marvel, like, I mean, you know, every, you know, you go to the Comic Con in San Diego, the New York, and you get sort of like more and more information further and further out. It's and like th- a journey. It, but, it, but it helps you stay invested in the yeah, brand. Exactly. Until they F up. I don't know. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I, I agree. But, um, uh, what else? Oh, we had, uh, what, what, what else? What other, what other movies did we have there? I think we had, uh, uh, one of the releases besides Spider-Man 2. Um, what's next? What's next in there? We had, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. We yes. had, uh, which is a new Tom Cruise movie, yes. which looks amazing as well. Uh, more mech, giant suits, people battling. That looks, cr- trailer looks crazy. We had Godzilla, the Godzilla trailer, which we saw a little bit of that. Again, I always saw the stuff at Comic-Con, but the Godzilla trailer, 
I mean, the halo jump with red tracer flares, I was in. <laughs> you know, that's all you need to see. Like, into a foggy San Francisco, that looks crazy. Really, I, really great. I like the Jupiter Ascending one, too. That one's kind of fresh. Too. Jupiter Ascending yeah. is fresh. But, I, you know, I'm, look, I'm a big uh, Wachowski brothers. Well, Wachowski siblings now because one of them is now a woman. Uh, but, like, I'm a big Wachowski fan, obviously, from the Matrix movies. Uh, and, I, and I really was the one of the one guys who loved the very polarizing Cloud Atlas I, I, I really loved it. Some people had a problem with it. Right. But looking at this, I, I do kind of have a little like, uh, it could be, this could be The Matrix. Yeah. Or it could be John Carter. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> it, it could go either way. <laughs> so I'm looking at I mean, like, But it looks cool though. It, it looks, looks cool. cool, but like, is, I'm like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's that bad as John Carter. That's kind of bad. It's what's the whole, you know, you know, I don't know. <laughs> the scope. Sometimes, sometimes when the scope is like, this is my John Carter problem. Sometimes you can have the scope can be too big. Right, right. You know, from Earth to Jupiter <laughs> and everything in between. Eons and you know it's like all right slow down <laughs> you know, anyway so yeah, that's that well that's the, that's the internet I want to um, also thank you all before you know to, for joining us here on 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 Geek Nerd Tech on iTunes if you listen to us now you've probably downloaded us on iTunes which means you've found and are, 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 are listening to Black Hollywood Live as you should be and then you are also choosing to listen to us on Geek Nerd Tech as we are very thankful of if you can continue to uh, rate us and, and review listen to us, us review us it helps other people find us it helps us uh you know uh be be known and around here and and with you guys and also if you're watching us on youtube we're, we're available on youtube as well if you want to see what we look like uh one of us is very good looking and if you want to uh <laughs> one of us. and also you can find us on blackhollywoodlive.com along with a n- number of other wonderful wonderful shows absolutely so uh but thank you um for, for listening on itunes but um i want to get into and, you know we have so much stuff and i want to get to this welcome to the future or welcome to the future segment um what's that drop how's that drop go welcome to the future uh, oh, I think we're behind on slides these are these are still the rest of our uh our, our movie slides so i think this is we so i think we're, we're, we're yep godzilla and then boom there it is the brain cam <laughs> <laughs> It's ridiculous. <laughs> so, welcome to the future. So, we we, we talk. We, you know, we've been talking a lot about wearable technology. Obviously, yeah. um, we do the watches and the mm-hmm. Google Glass and everything else. Well, there's there's a new prototype that's happening, of course, in Japan. That is a, that that is. We we talked last week about the brain the brain cap. Yeah, you know, this is a camera prototype that actually is going to. It, the the notion is it's going to be able to make, uh, take pictures and also create gifs. Uh, based on your your, I can't even explain it properly. Based on your, your electrical, neural, le- electrical impulses. Electrical impulses. Yeah. It's called the Neurocam, right? Yeah, the, the Neurocam. The Neurocam developed by Neuroware, and it, I mean, essentially, it reads your emotions because when you have a certain emotion based on what you see visually, mm-hmm. it, it creates an electrical impulse in your brain. So they have a, a range from zero to one hundred, and if the electrical impulse reaches sixty, like it'll essentially turn on the camera, and, and it'll what you see out of your eye, it will. You know, capture right. and turn into a GIF. And then you're able to tag it based on the emotion, based on, you know, where you are. Like, I mean, like later, not, not like, not like tag it mentally, not, not like you're like. No, no, tag. no, no. <laughs> it, it, it does it uh, autonomously. Like, okay. you don't, you don't click it, you don't press a button, you don't tell it, it just does it based right. on, you know, what's being sent from your brain. So I think, the, so the theory is if you're, if we're hanging out here and Phil busts in the room with a chainsaw, I'm like, oh, ah, and then it'll start recording. Yeah, because I'm, it, the impulses right. probably went to like 100. Right. You got scared and so it's recording. Right. Or Phil busts in the room with a bikini and I'm like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> then it starts recording. Uh, and then deleting, hopefully. But, <laughs> But uh, yeah, I don't know. That's that doesn't seem real. 
I, I think it's very real. Why not? Why doesn't it seem real to you? I, because I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm not embracing this future tech. It's scaring the crap out of me. That is incredible. So does, I mean, but this is something that just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't like drill into your no. forehead. It's just attached it's to able your forehead. To, it's able to read those impulses just by being attached. And I think a lot of the wearable technology, um, devices that we, that we see, you know, being developed are going to have this because it's going to be a, a, a synergy between your thoughts and your emotions and, and the technology. Because right. if you feel a certain way, the, the technology is going to adapt to how you feel. Just like we were talking last week, if you feel cold, right. like there's going to be wearable technology that sends something to something that says, hey, well, you need some heat. Wow. Like, and I think, you know, these, these are where the products are going. Interesting. And, and how, and how that will shrink and, you know, in the future, like, you know, you know, there'll be contacts and, you know, and when you get pulled over by the cops and they start messing with you, you can start. Yeah. That's what pictures. this company Neuroware, that's, that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, work with the design and make it a little smaller, a little bit more cooler. Wow. Um, yeah, because that's not exactly the coolest looking thing in the world. No, nah, I mean, I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, if you look at Google Glass, it's not that far from Google Glass. Sure. So. But you can't wear that and Google Glass at the same time. Yeah, Google <laughs> Glass, that on, like the, the brain like cap. Ro- Robocop, <laughs> the brain cap. Okay, so, uh, the, the other thing that, that, that popped up, it's been uh, talked about is, is this Google driverless car and people are going nuts. We talked last week about the, uh, uh, Jeff Bezos' drones, right. his, his uh, delivery drones, not to be outdone by Google's driverless car. Hmm. Uh, and, and they're really dead serious about this. Google really has said they've talked to multiple car companies and and really they want to get these things on the road as as robo, taxis robo taxis well, as taxis <laughs> like you know and 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 uh you know, look they, they they've done all kinds of crazy work with all their their you know Google Maps and mapping out every street in America and and, and a lot of streets in the entire world and they they feel pretty confident about uh from that you know kind of from doing that for I don't know 8 years they feel very confident about uh maybe using that same satellite technology and uh, these cars and to be able to go anywhere and do anything. It, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a GPS thing perfected. What do you think about this? Q-shot? I mean, it's, it's taking, this, this is exactly what we talked about last week is taking the autonomy away from welcome to the future humans and giving more autonomy to machines. Right. Like, I mean, and I, I get, I, I get the pluses and minuses. The plus is that you are able to hop in a car and, you know, chill. Yeah. And work, work on, you know, whatever you need to work on or interface with whatever you need to interface and not worry about driving in traffic or worry about the stresses of, of all of that. driver being judged when you, like, throwing back your beer. Or whatever. Or making out with your girl. Whatever. <laughs> but then on the flip side of it is, like, so they, they're developing these Google cars so that you can, so they can curate your experience as you're being driven around. Right. So maybe the Google car is taking you a certain route in front in front of certain companies, certain yes. front business fronts. Or maybe there's an ad, you know, on the on the on the on the screen in the car that's that's communicating a certain product to you that or like the and not just that you're on your tablet and you're searching google more more than you would be because you're you're driving you don't have that time to do it well that's so, that's one of the one of the one of the articles and there's a lot of you know a lot of articles and kind of talking about this but one of the big things that uh i read that that article too, too about people are saying like this is google's way of getting you to stay on the stay on their screens more because absolutely. obviously within this car there'll be a free google screen and you'll be googling and searching and and using chrome and you know and using Gmail and and basically staying engaged with while in your Google car on Google, you know, driving past uh, places, ad places, or you can Google like, oh, where's the nearest pizza pot spot, and then they have a deal with that pizza spot yeah. or the movie you know premiere, and it's a lot. Yeah, it's it, it's it's you know it's a, a larger way to sort of monetize a disguise in a way to sort of help 
help the consumer, but I don't know. I don't know if I feel safe in a car that drives itself because if it can drive itself, it could lock me in there. Sure. Like if I want to get out, like no, you can't get out. Right. Like I feel like I feel like I'd be a slave to that machine. And and, and and I feel like I feel I feel like some of the cars are already like that. Like there's there's GPS stuff in cars that that, mm-hmm. that sends stuff to the, these companies and they report where, where your car is going. Well, like, of course, you know, like, OnStar to pioneer that stuff. And I mean, the, all, all the luxury cars, Lexus and and, and, B, and BMW and uh, Cadillac and Mercedes all have, you know, self drive modes, falling asleep modes, parallel parking modes. So I mean, we're close. I mean. That's, it's insane to me. But I, the positive thing about this, I think, is just in terms of like, like a, a, another source of green technology. Because there'll be less cars on the road. Sure. And I mean, I think for Obviously that reason, there, there it's, a, it's a Prius there. So yeah. you know, that's uh, is that a Prius? Yeah, it's a Prius. It's Toyota. The, the only uh, I think the only partner Google has right now is Toyota. Okay. Yeah. That's the only partner they need. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of cars and speaking of uh, driving everywhere, uh, we touched on Uber at one, one point, but Uber. Is um, first of all, Uber. You know, Uber is a, a wonderful app. Car service is one of many now, and there's probably about four major ones, three or four major ones, Lyft and some other ones. But Uber is, in my opinion, the best. And Uber is the for those you don't know is the it's an app that allows you to call a it's a car service app, it's a transportation app allows you to you you sign up, you input your credit card ahead of time, and then uh, and it. Knows exactly for the GPS where you're at. You hit a button, a driver comes and picks you up, and they takes you anywhere you need to go and drops you off. And there's no money exchange. It goes right to your credit card. The tips included. Uh, the drivers are clean, nice. They're all trained by Uber, uh, and it's a fantastic service. And it started in San Francisco. It's huge in San Francisco. It's actually huge in Los Angeles. It, it's actually re- doing really well in New York. Uh, it's all over the place except for Las Vegas, which we'll talk about in a second. But like, uh, it's all over the place and. It's fantastic. So the, where where we are with Uber right now is they're talking about phase two because Uber is uh, – it's, it's, it's a behemoth in terms of money and, and what, it, what it's done and, and how it's changed our culture again. Yeah, it's making $20 million a week. A week. It's crazy. $20 million a week, uh, which, is, which is, you know, ridiculous. Yeah. And uh, – but – and what is, also, I will say that they, they what they do is they, they also train all their own drivers. This isn't a thing where you know if you become an Uber drive Uber driver, you have to sort of pass the Uber test. Um, the certain metrics that certain, you have to meet. <laughs> yeah. Well, initially they they had a, a full blown like driver's test, and they would do this thing. When I think they stopped doing that, but they still have this certain metrics and things you have to meet. And they're all you know they give you they have water and they have candy and they have gum and they open the door for you. Just the experience. Yes. <laughs> anyway, it's part of their brand. What, what what's interesting here is they're they're ready to enter to phase two, and I'm like phase two, like what, what's phase two? Because they're already everywhere. But phase two is you know back to the back to the Bezos model exactly. is delivery. Yeah. Like they're, 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 the big question for Uber is why do cars only have to carry people? Yeah, and then I went like, oh, carry products. Exactly. Yo, I need uh, some food. Right. Well, let's call the Uber service to to deliver us our favorite restaurant. Yep. Or whatever. Whatever it could be, products, anything. I had a, I had a situation with Uber a couple of weeks ago, uh, where I, I Ubered to a shoot I was doing for Extra at the at in Beverly Hills, and I Ubered all the way across town, and I got there, and I realized I didn't have my computer and have anything else, and so I wanted to send the Uber driver back to pick up my computer and come back, but 
I couldn't do that. There was no right. like he was like oh, I would, but I can't. And da, da, da. that's what I thought. Like if only there were a service, yeah. where I can be to like connect those dots, right? Just to connect those dots. What and, do you think about this company though, as it relates to like you know traditional taxi services and what it's doing to that business model and all those people that make a living off of driving taxis? Do, do you think it's killing that industry? Oh, well, do you, do you think it's you know taking money out of their pockets? Like, what is your thoughts on that? Well, I mean, look, we 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 can just jump right in because you know we went out much time, so let's just jump into our discussion. This is this is part of our discussion, which is you know. Um, People are really concerned about companies like Airbnb, which I also love and use. Um, you know, uh, I also love Airbnb, which is a, you know, service where you, you know, uh, can put, can, can basically find a place to live, find a place to live, find a place to stay in any city in the country. Uh, uh it's a short term lease up to, you know, from anywhere from a couple of days to a month. Um, I use it all the time. I use it in New York all the time. I find great places in New York. Uh, I use it a lot. I love it. Uh, but people are, people are very angry about Airbnb, the, the hotel industry, you know, is, is not very happy about that. Tourism industries are not very happy about this. Uh, these are very established, uh, things are unhappy about things changing the status quo. So when you talk about companies like Uber and Airbnb, who are really going against these gigantic sort of lobbies and not, and not lobbies, these unions like cabs and like hotels and like travel, um, there's a lot of fight here, and the fight here is: should the government sort of step in and shut down and place strict, stricter regulations? And it gets, as always, the technology curve is way ahead of the legal curve, and the cultural curve is somewhere in the middle. And so we're we're stuck in the middle. Like oh, I like Airbnb, but I like hotels. But I don't want this. I don't want to change either way. There's no laws, you know. Tell me what I can and can't do. Taxis, I, you know, I hate taxis, but they gotta make a living. But you know, I'm, I'm never, I'll never, I'll never use a taxi. I don't, I don't use taxes anymore, ever, ever, except for when I'm in New York. Right? Okay. But I don't know. So to answer your question, uh, yes, I think taxis are on the way out. But how do you regulate how do you regulate stuff like this? Like, because with certain hotels, like you can only have a hotel and it's zoned out. Uh-huh. So, like, if you have you know Airbnb and you can find a spot wherever, right? And you can get a car wherever. Yep. Like, how do you regulate something like that? Because it, it seems like it could be like a you know a shit for all. Well, you don't regulate it; you eliminate it. This is the problem. Right. This is what they want. Right. It, it, it's, it's, it's like everything. It's like the music industry. But this, this is this is what we do as a consumer culture. This is our biggest flaw as our biggest capitalism flaw is, you know, when you when you get to a certain point and you, you get, you know, large, I don't care if you're at a company or an industry or culture, like if new technology comes along, you should embrace it. But what most people do instinctively is they grab tightly to what they have. I you mean, know. but what tightly what they have is like almost probably decades, generations of what they have. So it's, it's I mean, I think it's appropriate to grab onto what to your traditions, grab onto what you built your empire on. Yeah, it. but you have to be smart. Like the, obviously, of we've course. talked about before the music industry, or like you with know, uh, Napster, Blockbuster. Well, okay, well, but even before that, the music industry came. Like, Napster came along. The music industry spent. Millions and millions and millions and millions of dollars fighting Sean Fanning and fighting Napster and this is horrible and da 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 and then guess what they lost. Yeah. Had any of those people just said they could have bought Napster yeah. for a, like a teeny tiny fraction of what it what it cost to fight them and it, it, it changed everything. Yeah. Same thing with Blockbuster. They could have like they could have easily so you're saying bought you, Netflix. If you can't beat them, join them. <laughs> you know. Well, I mean, for 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 like you know, 
you know, these you should figure out a way to incorporate embrace Uber in your in your unions. Uh, you know, these limousine services that are so upset, the taxi ca- you know cab unions are so upset. Figure out a way to incorporate these, or figure out to incorporate Uber. Like in New York, you could Uber the, the cabs are included in the Uber. So the way Uber works, it's you have an Uber X car, it's like a Prius. You have a black car, like a, like a Lincoln Navigator, and you have a giant uh, SUV. SUV. Well, in New York, you can also choose a cab, which is cool. So that's a smart way of doing that. Well, why would you ever choose a cab? Like, what's the benefit of doing that? Just because there's more of them? Yes, okay. availability. Yeah, you, you can Uber a cab, and then people are, will, will show up. And this cab companies have embraced it in New York. That makes sense. In, 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 in Vegas, they are not embracing well, it. See, in New York, is more of a cab culture well, versus out here. It's not really a cab culture. No, out here. but so it, but, it is, but it is a cab culture. It's, it's kind of splits the difference in San Francisco, but it is a huge cab culture in places like Las Vegas. Las Vegas is, is, is you know, at least metro Las Vegas, right, strip right. area. Yeah, uh, it's it's a giant cab culture, and so Uber would just. It, it it would challenge everything they're doing. And same thing with Airbnb. In fact, Vegas, Airbnb and Uber are Vegas's worst nightmares. You know, because uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it's really interesting. I, I, I'm I just wish that we can figure out a way to when new technology like this comes, but or to figure out a way to incorporate them and and bring them in as opposed to spending all this time and energy trying to shut them down. Because there is no because right now it's like the, the fight is get, shut down Airbnb, shut them down. Like as if as if they'll just go away forever and there won't be another Airbnb. Shut down Uber as if like Lyft or anyone else won't come along. It's like what are we you know what are we talking about? But here? I think you need that fight. I think you need that conflict to be able to 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 promote the innovation because with that fight, what that what that's going to do is going to ask questions. It's going to it's going to try to like pinpoint where the weaknesses are and how you can make it stronger and better and more effective for for all parties. And so. Right. I wouldn't say eliminate the fight, eliminate tradition. I would say, you know, hold on, hold on to what, hold on to your roots, but still innovate and converge. But like that discussion is is appropriate. That discussion is necessary so that sure. you can have. You know, I mean, Uber is going to evolve it on itself. Yeah, and just like Facebook, they're going to start delivering shit. Exactly. You know, that, that's what Phase Two, which we glossed over, but Phase Two of Uber is they're going to start delivering things. Yeah. They're going to start, you know, uh, be, you know, being, you know, maybe joining forces with Jeff. Maybe Jeff Bezos and Amazon <laughs> will buy Uber and they really take over the world. <laughs> and then maybe maybe they'll have like the Google Cars. Yeah, maybe they'll use Google Cars. <laughs> no drivers, it's all profit. <laughs> and then uh, Shane from Vice Media will uh, put. Small screens in all the cars. Now. Exactly, and I'll have on my fucking uh, your brain cam. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good way to bring it all home. And Beyonce will release her album to all of us in real time. <laughs> uh, so, that, thank you. That's it for us this week. Thank you for joining us on Geek Nerd Tech, uh, the show we break down nerd culture, tech news from a brown and black geek perspective. Uh, I'm Joe Braswell, Akili Shine. Where can we find you, sir? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Akili Shine, and definitely check me out on some of my web properties, liveelevated.com yep. and yep. behindthehustle.com. That's right. And you can find me at uh, at Joe K Braswell on Twitter, also on Instagram. My Instagram game is gonna step up at Joe Braswell, and, uh, and on, on After Buzz and a few shows, Blacklist and some other, and Justify and a bunch of others coming in January, uh, and uh, on Grantland where Keely and I did some nice work. Uh, particularly Compton Cricket Club. Check yeah. that one out because that's up for some rewards. Absolutely. Uh, and thank you. And we'll see you next week. Absolutely. Or actually, we won't. We'll see you after the break. Yeah, top of the year. <laughs> From producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Speedtech, Dario Kristen, and the entire BHL staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in to the Black Hollywood Live Network. If you have questions or comments, tweet us at BHL Online or email us at info at blackhollywoodlive.com. For more exclusive content, visit blackhollywoodlive.com. This has been a presentation of the Black Hollywood Live Network. Hollywood Redefined. The views expressed here are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of BHL or its owners or principals.